What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the very first episode, number one of White Tails and White Lines. I know we had a pilot out there, and the editing on it was terrible, but we got in the studio, and we got some kinks worked out, and we're excited to get this thing rolling. We have a lot of awesome things coming up in the next few episodes, and we're excited that you guys are here listening. We have a few guest speakers here in the house with us today, and it's going to be awesome. I hope y'all enjoy it. So... Along with guest speakers, we also have a a new co-host with us. He's family. He's my little brother, Um, and it's kind of funny. He's a little brother through marriage, but nonetheless, we are probably close. I'm probably closer to him than I am my own brother. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce Mr. Jordan Jackson. That it? He is a... Jordan's a a different creature, you know? He's He's a good kid. He's... How old are you, Jordan? 21. 21 years old, and it's in 2020, so if you don't have a mullet in 2020, you don't even know what life's about. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, okay, so we're going to, obviously, this is about, this is an outdoor pod, podcast, so um, what's the outdoors mean to to you? I mean, I just love being able to go out and take a break from everything. There's so much stuff going on, especially trying to ignore just go through your day without having to think about all the craziness, politics, that stuff. So it's nice just to be disconnected from everything. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. So, okay, so Jordan comes from a hunting family. And it's kind of funny because, like, my backstory is, is, like, my grandpa hunted and my uncles, they hunted. But my dad, my biological father, was, he wasn't much of a hunter. I he, It was, it's a, just a long story, but... So I never really got that uh, upbringing of being in the outdoors all the time and and, uh, harvesting animals until I married your sister sister, and I met your dad. And your dad, he's actually the one that introduced me to bow hunting. And boy, I bet my wife could just kick him in the balls now because that's all I think about every day. So, but with you... Hunting is a huge part of your family. Oh, yeah, there's, um, everybody does, and they wouldn't have made it, uh, growing up if it wasn't for it. I mean, that's how they build the freezer. Right, so, okay, so, like that, you know, a lot of people, you, uh, hunters get bad reviews, you know, we get, we get some mixed reviews all the time. People think we're just out there chasing antlers, but that's not always the case, because, like you just said, your dad and your brother, or your uncle's. And your grandma and grandpa, they still will harvest the deer every year, and they cut it all up themselves most of the time, and they don't waste anything. Oh, yeah. And I don't eat much of anything else unless I go to a restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm eating deer every Absolutely. Night. Like, I I love deer meat. It's my favorite. And like, you know, there's get a lot of people that say, you know, bucks with readiness, and I don't know. I've always ate it. I've never noticed it, but yeah. that's all I've ever Yeah, there's always, there's always the... Oh, it's so gamey mm-hmm. at people. And I'm like, okay, first off, if it's gamey, it's the way you cooked it. Yes. If oh. you overcook deer, it's going to have a little wang to it. Yeah. Deer is deer is almost like prime rib. It's got to be a little rare for it to taste like it's supposed to, unless it's unless it's burger, of course. You don't want to eat deer yeah. burger raw. You'll have the shits for a week, <laughs> probably. So, okay, so uh, Jordan... You hunt, correct? Yep. Um, and you're big. You're, you're big on fishing. Yeah, I like to fish. Uh, that's something I didn't do a whole lot when I was younger, but in high school I started fishing. Was on the fishing team and just fell in love with it. And what what year did you graduate? Uh, 2018. 2018. And so he went to Nixa Nixa High School, right? Yeah. yeah. In Nixa, Missouri, and uh, he was on the high school fishing team. And and your brother, he's the same way. Your your brother's. Oh, he's went nuts. He's always been into it more. Uh, but he he likes he goes bass and they uh, loves going on the river. Yes, going kayak and catching smallmouth. And I think they they got a show out there or not a show. It's a, a Facebook page, 
And you can find them on Instagram. It's called... Epic Release Adventures. Yeah, Epic Release Adventures. So if you guys are on Instagram or Facebook, check them out. They're always posting cool stuff. Actually, kind of cool story. They actually just posted the picture of my buck that I got, what, a week ago? Yeah, was it, was it two weeks a week ago? Or, a week or two weeks ago. It might have been two weeks ago. Or but you went and picked up me Monday. Yes, right? yes. So, so it would have been eight days ago. Something like that. But uh, you actually helped me go and recover that deer. So it was that was pretty exciting for me. It was my first buck with a bow. And uh, I knew he was a good deer. We had him on camera. And... I'll be damned if I was getting frustrated in the stand and I was like, okay, this is ridiculous. I'm leaving because it was getting dark and I had a spike walk by probably five minutes before that. And I was like, ah, this, I, you know, you kind of lose your motivation. You sit out there for hours and hours and, and, uh, you're frustrated because you see bucks on camera every night because we got those new Cuddyback cell cameras. Yeah, I mean, you're constantly getting notifications all like, day. once an hour. There's always some kind of movement out there. And then, so I, I'm sitting out there, and all of a sudden, a spike walks by, and not even the does were there. So I grab my backpack, put my bow down on the string, put my bow down, and uh, turn around, put my backpack on. And I looked up, and out in the field about 200 yards, I could see the silhouettes of what looked like two does. And I thought, okay, well, that's that's the couple does that are always on camera about this time. Well, I got to really watch him, and it looked like that the the second deer that was behind the first one, it moved its head, and it looked like the grass moved with it. And I thought, oh shit, that's a buck. And this is just how it happens. The doe was in front. The buck was following slowly behind. And the buck took a completely different route than the doe. The doe stayed out about 60 yards. And the buck, I don't know what happened. This is just the way it goes. He started walking towards me, and I was shaking. And then I realized, oh, crap, your bow is still at the bottom of the, on the bottom of the tree. So I, like, hurry up, turn around, pull my bow up. Luckily, the tree and the deer were at a perfect angle where I could get my bow up without spooking him. Get my bow up knock an arrow in it and I had arranged some spots on the grass and I was like okay this is there's my 30 here's my 20 I said if if I can get my bow pulled back before he gets the 20 that's where I'm going to get him and perfect perfect scenario he walked into the 30 and looked out to the west away from me and looked at the doe and I pulled my bow back and I did not think I was ever going to get my bow pulled back I was my skin was burning. Like I was on fire and just buzzing a hundred mile an hour. So I pulled my bow back. It finally breaks over. He get walks to that 20 yard spot. And that's when I hit him with the old, it's like, it's the generic stop the deer sound. I went meh and he turned and looked right at me and I smoked him right in the lungs. And I knew I had a good, I knew I had a good shot on him and he ran about 70 yards Stood up on top of the hill, and that old tail, something about white-tailed deer, when you get a good shot... That tail is nuts. Yeah, that tail will go like 150 mile an hour, just pop, 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 and all of a sudden, it looked like what I could see from my stand, there was kind of a hill out there. He stumbled, and I thought, oh, he's down, he's down, but I didn't know for sure, and that's the scariest part about hunting, is after you make a good shot with your bow... And you feel good about it. You don't know whether you want to jump out of the tree right then and there and run over there and see. But we've had scenarios last year with your dad. Yeah, his went. It went a long way. Like two miles or something. Yeah. They never. They never got to recover the deer, and they followed blood. And this is exactly why we quit using rages. Yeah, yeah. The chisel tip rages is what we were all using, and he shot a buck twice. And my father-in-law is a stud. With his bow. He don't miss. Oh, yeah. he. I mean, he doesn't get to shoot as much as he used to, but we used to go to um, the same bow shop every night and shoot and shoot. And then if we didn't have time to go there, we'd shoot at home. He's always been shooting, so I know he's a good shot. So it's not like we knew he didn't miss. Didn't right. He did it twice. Right. And so my brother-in-law, my other brother-in-law, he'll be on the show uh, in the next few episodes. We'll get him on. 
and we'll talk some some more bow hunting techniques and stuff like that. But so he went out there with my father in law and looked for this deer forever. And that's the day we decided, you know what? We love rages and we had always used them, but we're not the only ones out there that have lost deer because of the rages. So we quit using them. And this year, we decided to go to the old Schwacker. It, it worked. <laughs> it worked. It definitely did the trick. Jordan, I come back to town and I grabbed Jordan and we went back out there and I forgot to put my arrow on the last spot of blood and I was like, oh, this is great. It's pitch black out there. But I knew, we got to looking at the stand and I knew where, I knew a pretty close proximity of where he was standing and I knew where he was standing on the hill and I walked directly to him. Yeah, I was still looking down, looking for blood and I see, all I see is the spotlight go up and I look over and I see white belly. Yep. So it was it was super awesome. So that that's just that's my that's and it's probably the second biggest deer I've ever killed in my life. Uh, yeah. First big buck with my bow. First buck ever yeah. with my bow. I've killed quite a few does, um, but and it's so funny that you get so excited. I get just as excited harvesting a good doe with my bow. Then I, I well I say that, but. I don't ever buzz like I was buzzing when them antlers showed up. You yeah, know? they uh, they are on everything, but they uh, definitely give a little more reason to get excited. Yes, they definitely get you pumped up. So, but like with you, okay, so fishing, like what's your favorite thing to fish for? Bass. I like going for bass. If I'm hungry, I like catfish, but right. just for fun, I like just bass, just throwing them back. It's a little more work. Yeah, you have to. You know, catfish, you can just throw some stink bait on, throw it and let, sit there for an hour and you'll get a bite. Versus with bass, you have to be working with it constantly. And right. Being, really pay attention to any little jerks because, like, especially with that, uh, when it's cold out, they don't hit hard. Right. You've got to be really pay attention to not miss. There's a lot there. I mean, I've lost a lot that I shouldn't have because not reacting fast enough, and that's a big thing with it. So it's a little more attentive. Absolutely. I know uh, it's bass fishing, you know, it wasn't, I I never really, I, I like to go fishing, you know, but I kind of got to a point in my life where I was like, okay, like if I'm, not, if I know I'm not going to catch anything, I'm not going. I'd rather go sit out there and drink beer. I've kind of, I understand that because I definitely kind of got into that this, uh, when we moved up here, I lost all my spots I used to go to all the time and I just have, I've only went a few times. Yep. I think I went last turkey season because we did the fish fry we do that every year yep yep but other than that i don't think i've went more than a couple times right so the outdoors for us and in this family and even my kids i got a i got an 11 year old a nine year old and a four-year-old little girl and my four-year-old little girl is absolutely hooked on hunting Uh, i took her to the blind before and uh, funny story first time i ever take her to the blind persimmon a buck that we've had on camera a bunch, and he lo- he's just he's almost like a pet because he's always around, and he's little. He was about a year and a half old deer, seven point, gonna be a good deer someday. Um, so he comes in and out of the brush line, and she sees him, and I w- I was so excited just to have her see something because the first few times I went hunting by myself, you sit there for hours and don't see anything. So I wanted to make sure she's seen something. Well, lo and behold, here comes Persimmon. He's like, he's always there. He's so consistent, and thank God, because it helped, because he come in and out of the brush, and we seen him, and I got to show her, and she was so excited. And then he decided to walk back into the brush and walk away. And she's being really quiet and was really awesome. And the next thing she does is screams at the top of her lungs, Bye, Bubba. I love you. And I'm like, oh, well, it's time to go home. Yeah. This this one's <laughs> over with. But, yeah, like, it's funny how how important the outdoors is to certain people. Um, and especially with us, like, we really enjoy it. But you know what? I'm getting pretty thirsty. So, um, I don't know. I think it's about time for a beer break. I'd say so. It's, a, it's about that time. My glass is getting a little empty. Heck, yeah. So, we'll be back. We'll be back here in about uh, 30 seconds. But first, we're going to kick it old school. And by old school, I mean awesomeness. Cool commercials. Cool Coors commercials. The best there is. Drink Coors. 
Rockies run down the length of America like a backbone. And for almost 140 years now, that's where we've brewed our Coors Banquet beer, using only Rocky Mountain water and the best high country barley. That's something we refuse to change. And that's what having a backbone is all about. Coors, the banquet beer. All right, guys, welcome back. Okay, I don't know. I just got to say, there is nothing on this planet better than an ice-cold Coors. And in my house, that is the only thing we're allowed to drink. Uh, and it's it, a lot of it has to do with, you know, being a rodeo clown and always wanting to support those who support us. And Coors has been around rodeo for a long, long time, and it's just the best there is. And I refuse to drink anything else. So, thank you for hanging out with us through the little beer break. Um, and, you know, someone had said, you're going to have a beer break on your show? Uh, yeah. Why wouldn't we? This is a podcast for men, right? And if you don't drink beer, you're probably not a man. So, yeah, that's how I feel about that. So, yeah, we're going to do a beer break every... Mm, I wish I could do one about every 15 minutes in this show, but... Unfortunately, we're just going to do one a show. So thank you for hanging out with us for that. So that was, that's fun. I like the whole Coors beer break thing. Oh, yeah. You know, and you have to because uh, 45 minutes, it doesn't seem that long. But when you're sitting behind a microphone and you're doing this, you get pretty thirsty. Oh, yeah. And you got to stand up, too. You got to stand up, stretch. Get up for a minute. Um, actually, I'm not doing much standing up right now. I'm dealing with some stuff. Uh, I'm sure men that work hard and sit on their butts driving trucks, uh, that's, I hear they get them quite often. Mm-hmm. I've never dealt with this in my life, but I'm a hurting unit. And it's almost embarrassing to even talk about this on a podcast, but this is real life. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, and we said when we made this podcast, this was going to be real. No bullshit. And so, yeah, so I'm dealing with those. So I'm... Not moving very quickly. Um, and, of course, Jordan had to get me the beer because I could not get up quick enough and sit back down quick enough. So, with that being said, we're going to change the subject and go on to something else. But, so, okay, so family and the outdoors. Uh, you know, as we said earlier, the outdoors is a big part of our family. And uh, it's a big part of your family who is now my family, which is pretty awesome. Um, we always do deer camp every year, and it's it's a super good time. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of it, it's not just the going hunting, but it's the deer camp and this, everybody being together is a big part of it as well. And knowing when you're out there in the stands that you have a mile that way, it's dad, a mile over there is Uncle David, and, you know, it's nice just knowing everybody's doing it together but separate, you know. Yeah, and, like, well, we went on a bird hunt last year. Oh, I love the bird hunts. The bird hunt, they try to do it. I what? Go more than them. Oh, yeah. And what? They usually try to do it once a year, mm-hmm. about first of the year. And holy crap, that was the first time I had ever gone pheasant hunting, bird hunting, period. Besides, I mean, we go dove hunting, but I don't really count that as bird hunting. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've never got into the doves for some reason. Like, the, usually when well, I go dove hunting, it's like, take your bucket, take your beer and your shotgun and go sit out there and... Just get peppered by everybody else's BBs and drink beer. And it's it's a blast. It is fun. But, you know, it's just not something I'm not really that into it. Like, I'm definitely not going to get up early to go make sure I'm out there opening morning to <laughs> yeah. kill a bunch of doves. They're, well, they're, just, they're so small. It's kind of not worth it. It's got, they're more of one that you do when you're uh, starving. Or, <laughs> or you know, you're bored and don't have anything else to do that day. Absolutely. We live in Butler and... <laughs> Yeah, for sure. So, but no, like the the big bird hunt that we go on, the pheasant hunt, and what quail? Yeah, that and I had more fun watching the dogs work than anything. That's a big part of it for me. It's what's part of what's got me like to where I really like it is just seeing. It's cool seeing dogs work. I mean, especially when they listen well. Like, uh, 
Oh, I can't remember Chaz's dog's name, but he works so well, and he's just full blast the whole time. Yeah, do anything, and then when he says it, he does it. Yeah, and it's it's super cool. Like I get a kick out of it. Uh, you know, we all deep down, we all want a working dog. Like I've had my very first Catahoula. He was a Catahoula Pitbull cross. And I got him, I was living in South Texas at the time, actually, and uh, he was a hog dog, and his daddy was a catch dog, and I mean, he was a mean son of a gun, and I wanted him as a pet because he was really pretty. Well, it's hard to take a working dog and turn him into a house pet. Too much pent-up energy in them. I mean, they want to work, they want to do, they want to be out there doing something. And they have a job to do, you know? So... And then we had a hound, Trooper. He was yeah. awesome. He was worthless when it come to hunting. He was not going to do anything. The only thing he was good at doing was playing keep away. I don't know how many times I'd been at a rodeo or something, and Montana would call me madder than hell. And she was like, this dog took the towel and took off and won't give it to me back. So my wife is running through the house naked, tra- chasing the dog. Well, he's got the towel in his mouth playing keep away. And so that's, I mean, it would have been a hell of a show to watch for me personally. But like, you know, just one of those deals. Where you're like, oh, my gosh. But so the dog thing. And like now I have a, a good dog. I mean, he's just oh, Ruka, yeah, he, he's he could be something. You know, if I would have raised him to do something, I'm sure he'd been fine. But like we'll take him shed hunt with us. And yeah. and but it's more exercise for him. He just runs around. and Yeah, he does. No, but I mean, he could still, you know, he's not too old yet. He likes to listen to you. Oh, yeah. he He's probably the most loyal dog I've ever had in my life. And he goes, he usually goes in the summertime with me to work. And, I mean, he's awesome. He listens really well. And he's he's actually taken a pretty big liking to you. Yeah, we, he they, likes me quite a bit. They got to, I spent a lot of time with him. Yeah, you got to do a little bonding with Ruka while I was at work this year. And uh, when you got to come up to Wisconsin, that was pretty fun, though. Yeah. Yeah, I wish it would have worked out a little better, but it's still it's a fun experience to get to be up there and see how it all works. Oh yeah, for sure. I was I was glad to get you out of Butler and and kind of take you out out of your element a little bit and and show you what that there is more to life than small towns. You know what I mean? Yeah. And heck, like even your dad, we got your dad out of here now. Like, yeah, I I never saw him. Yeah, you know, I saw him. You know, work until retirement at the. Doing cabinets, I never saw him going out there beyond the pipeline. Yeah, something that never until you were around, never even, never even, he never even thought about. In right, the slightest. it was it's super it. cool, I and mean, he does, he loves it now. I think, and it does help you. Uh, you do pretty well, and I mean, it definitely makes a difference. Maybe for me, it's like okay, if I could do this for ten years, and honestly, I like to hunt so much. It's a good way to be able to go do those things because, like, I'd like to go to South Texas and go. I've already killed an axis, but like I'd like to go kill something exotic, something different, you know, that you want to get to hunt anywhere else without going all the way to Africa. Because I don't know about you, and I know this whole. I said I'm not going to talk politics, and this isn't really politics, but um, the whole COVID pandemic thing and the mask situation. Like I'm not gonna wear a mask if I don't have to. It's one of those things where it's like. Uh, you know, we grew up as kids playing in the dirt, eating mud, rolling around, being dirty. Yeah, I mean, that's the biggest thing with it. I mean, if you have a good immune system, you're going to be okay. Right. It's, but, and when you're in a small small town or, like, most of the places you're working, you're in smaller towns, it doesn't matter because you're not around. It's not like you're actually around anybody than the people that you are work with or family yeah they so they pretty much become family much of a difference. right exactly so it's anyway. it's one of those deals where i'm like i'm not not doing this um i feel like i feel like it's gotten blown out of proportion a little bit and i'm not saying that covid19 is not a real virus i believe it is a real virus and i believe people are getting sick from it but do i believe all the hype that comes with it no especially i mean with the actual rate of people that are getting sick versus how many people are passing from it and almost every single person that's passed from it has had not one but multiple 
other underlying conditions. Right, and honestly, like, uh, it's flu season, and I don't know one person that's gotten the flu yet this year. If you get anything, this year it's 2020, folks. You're going to get COVID. You're not going to get the flu. Well, that's why so many, there's so many people that don't want to go to the doctor because they know it's uh, the flu or it's just allergies, but they want to go. Like, they normally wouldn't check and say, oh, is the flu, is it cold? Figure out should I be taking antibiotics, but now everybody's so afraid that it's going to get called COVID if it's even similar to it. Right. You have one symptom, it's automatically COVID. COVID. (laughs) It's really bad. But my my philosophy is this. If you don't get tested for COVID, you can't catch it. And that's the way I'm going to live my life. And and you know what? God put us here. Um, We know as human beings that we're not going to live forever. And I have a pretty strong relationship uh, spiritually with the Lord. And uh, if he says, hey, bud, it's time to come home, I'm willing to accept that. And we're going to go with him. So, but enough about COVID because we could talk for hours on that nonsense. But so, yeah, uh, other than 2020 being such a messed up year, it actually turned out to be a pretty good deer season for us. Um, well, for you. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I got to shoot my bow more, so I haven't. I've been lazy and not shoot my bow that much the last couple of years, and so I don't. I'm not going to go out unless I am really confident. Absolutely. With my bow, so I'm not, I don't want to risk. So it, it does kind of suck sitting at home knowing that <laughs> if I just shot my bow a few more times, I would be able to go out. But Absolutely. I kind of got, saw two does the first Monday season. And then I went on that one with you, and we were, I was filming, and we saw that doe in the forecourt, and that's all I've seen all yep. year. Other, well, I've seen hundreds of deer on yeah. the road. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> we do live in Bates County, where it's like, we're probably, Bates County's probably got more road hunters than anywhere else oh, in the state. That's, it's not good. <laughs> and it about, it absolutely drives me insane, because here's the deal. If you're a bow hunter in the state of Missouri, that's... Bow hunting in the state of Missouri, hunting in general in the state of Missouri, is absolutely awesome. And there's really, really good deer here. Pro- yeah. Probably better deer here than... like I Oh, yeah, a lot of places. But like I know a lot of people from down, you know, I went to school there next to being around Springfield that are further south that they hunt, but they're not... They don't think Missouri has that big a deer because they're comparing it to what they see there. Yeah, they're in, the wrong, out, they're in the wrong part go, of the state. You go a couple hours north and a little bit west, and you uh, get up here on those crop some, fields. And oh yeah, they're they're eating good. Oh yeah, <laughs> they got soybeans and those yellow acorns. And oh yeah. Good. So I mean, it's one of those deals. But it's like okay, so my my complaint with road hunters is, as a bow hunter, you know, we put in a lot of time and a lot of work, and I'll be damned if I'm sitting in my stand, and there's a buck fifty yards from the road coming my direction. And some jackass decides to stop and a barrel of a gun comes out the window. I'm going to freak out. I've done it. I was going to say, you had a guy, what, a couple years ago? Yeah, I think it was I think it was three years ago. I had a 12-point buck sitting on, uh, sitting not too far from the road. And, of course, on he wasn't on my side of the fence. So I was like, okay, well, I'll just wait it out. And I sat there for like seven and a half hours. And I'll be damned if... A little pickup come by, and I seen the barrel of a gun come out the window. And the only thing I knew to do, because I was not about to let him get that buck, Mm -hmm. I grabbed my grunt call, and I blew in that thing as hard as I could, and it made the most god-awful sound. Oh, I can't imagine. And that buck jumped up, and he took off, but guess what? I just saved his life. And then, uh, you know, that's the way it goes. But the, the road hunters, like, just do yourself a favor and just, like, I don't know. I can't be too. I can't be too rough on this, but uh, yeah, just if you can't do it right, you don't need to do it at all. It's well, it's so bad here. And then uh, Reed, one of my buddies, he his family they just bought some uh, land down in Eminence, down south, mm-hmm. and uh, they down there have trouble with um, the guys around there. They're out in the middle of nowhere. The guys hunt dogs still. Yeah, that's crazy. But. From what I've heard is the conservation doesn't mess with them because I've heard that there's been a couple that have just kind of disappeared around there. 
Oh. So they quit messing with those guys. Yeah, you get down there close to Arkansas, yeah. you don't oh, know what's going to happen. Well, that's where you're... you're that's where, not, not as far east where his land is, but it's just as far south where you're, we're going to be taking your deer. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so then again, you know, Missouri, it's kind of like the wild, wild west sometimes. You know, you get to certain areas, it's a little sketchy. I'm good until the banjos start playing, and then I'm like, okay, time to get the hell out of here. Like... That's what I'm used to. I get excited. Right. Yeah, <laughs> when, I get yeah. that, when it gets in the hills, I, that's my favorite place whenever uh, I was a kid. When we'd go on car rides, if we went down further south towards like Branson and stuff like that, it starts getting hilly and curvy. I fall asleep. It's, oh, it's yeah. my favorite place to be. Heck yeah. And I mean, the first thing, like, well, you've seen it firsthand. Like, I come home from work. I worked eight months out of the year this year. So when I came home, I had missed early bow season. So that was a real bummer. That bothered me more than anything. Um, and then I missed the first first heck week and a half of gun season, and I come home the last four days. And of course, what's it do? It rains all four days, and it was horrible. But I was lucky enough to still harvest one late season. I mean, it was only a week afterwards, but it is what it is. It's still after gun season, so. Well, it's well, it's crazy thing is. Nobody saw anything out there, but leading up to it, all kinds of pictures, and then just a solid just drop to where we're only seeing them at night. Yep. And then as soon as rifle season, they're back out there. They yeah. know. You know, it's crazy how they know. Yeah, it's nuts. They, they're super smart, and the big ones are really smart. Oh, yeah. They get that <laughs> they, big for a reason. There's a reason that you, uh, the ones you see all year, you don't see uh, during season as much. You know, part of it, of course, they're chasing. They'll chase in different areas, but a lot of it's... They notice they, uh, when they see headlights and stuff like oh, that, yeah, especially, <laughs> that's how you can tell how bad the road is whenever, if you do come up, up on a big one at night, you just see the their tail as they're running off. That's it, yeah. Because they know better. They it's, learned. It's crazy, because, I mean, and it happens a lot here in our little area, but, and there's, I don't know, there's enough of us good ones, though, that we, we kind of keep it corralled down as much as we can, and, um... You know, I think the I think our next big push is what we're trying to get done as a state of Missouri is trying to push gun season later in the year. So that way, and it's not about bow hunters versus gun hunters, but once again, I kind of feel like if you put gun season during the rut, and it's literally right in the middle of the rut, it usually kicks it. I yeah. mean, it doesn't kick off the rut, but the rut's kicking off about the same time gun season starts. And so anybody, like my philosophy is if, if you want to go kill a deer to put meat in the freezer, then go anytime. You know what yeah. I mean? But oh, yeah. like everybody and their son can go out during gun season in Missouri. They're rutting. So the deer are acting completely stupid, running around chasing does. And any, any random person can walk out and just kill a freaking giant. Which good for them. I'm glad they can kill a giant, but like I feel like if you don't put in the time and the work, sometimes it's a feels like you're getting robbed if you're one of the people that did do all, all of it in. Then you got you hear the guy in the public land a couple hundred yards on the other side of the fence, and they're yeah. shooting something that you've been drawing it. You know, you've been getting to come back to your area. You got food pots planted. They're traveling through there because of you, right? And they shoot it before it gets to you. Yeah, that's it's a terrible deal sometimes. But that is the way it goes, and that's, that's the way life is sometimes. But, I mean, you could be like Montana. She's She goes, and uh, she has had the worst luck since I have met her, honestly. Yeah. I guess the year the year before her and I got together, she killed a pretty nice 10-point. But since her and I have been together, the only one bringing home antlers is Daddy. <laughs> so, And she'll let you know. She, she really... She's Some, not too excited about it. No. Like, when I come home that night after killing my, my big bow buck, I was really excited. And she was too, but she was like, oh, you jerk. Because she's like, that could have been me. And it, you're right, it could have. But like I tell her all the time, can't shoot him from the couch. You got to gotta go put well, on the time. Depends where you live at. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I, uh, I have a uh, buddy who was a year ahead of me, and his dad... Went out on the porch one morning. There's just bucks sitting there, right back by one of their, uh, oh, they've got like a, <clears throat> a mini scrapyard in their back 
field. Just beside one of the vans. There's wow. a buck and he shot it from the porch. Wow. I know, uh, you know, like when I was growing up in South Dakota um, on the ranch, there was always a lot of times where there was coyotes all over the place up there. And, of course, we had cattle, so coyotes, predator controls, important deal. And uh, you'd see them out the window, and you'd just open up the window and shoot through the screen and knock coyotes down all day long if you wanted to. So, but with that being said, I'm really glad you're on the show with us today. It was, it's been been fun um we're gonna I, I think i'm gonna try to get you in here more often and just kind of co-host with me and because uh, there's plenty of funny stories that we can talk about i feel like i'll do a little bit better once we get a couple more yeah kind of <laughs> odd the first time being on a podcast at all so yeah and just and i think getting used to hearing yourself and yeah it's, it's weird hearing the feedback <laughs> through the uh headset headset and it's as you can tell, it's now that I'm talking about it, I'm thinking about it more, and it's messing me up because so I can hear just Absolutely. a slight delay. So I think um, we're actually going to make a phone call, and we're going to call my other brother, um, Wendell Landry. He, uh, This kid, he went to college for wildlife management, and then he started, um, he started working on some big game ranches in South Texas, and actually, he's been – he was a guide for a few. He got to do a couple of those cool, like, wounded warrior hunts for those guys. And um, he's pretty deer savvy. And this year, we got to get him up here for gun season. And he was the only one that got anything. He was the only one that got At anything. Least in our group. Yep. So – and he's worked down there, like, in the Uvalde, South Texas area. He's worked on the Marani River Ranch and the Martin Ranch. And – uh so he's got some cool stories, and, and we're going to talk to him the difference about South Texas white-tailed deer and Missouri white-tailed deer. For some reason, I don't know why it is. I don't know if it's the food that they're eating down there, but they got taller tines, and they're kind of spindly, I guess is what I would call them. You know, we're up here. It is weird how they're – it's almost like the antlers do match the body size. Right. Because down there, it's, I, I think a lot of it's, you know, they're trying to eat different things because – a lot different climates, a lot warmer. They don't want to put as much fat on, right? So they say skinnier. Well, their antlers don't have as much mass, but they grow yep. all and wide. Yeah, and long times. Yes. I mean, it's it's insane. So we're going to talk to him about um, the difference between South Texas whitetail and Missouri whitetail. And uh, so, give me just a second here, and we'll get him on the line. What up? What's up, buddy? How's uh? How's life in San Antonio, Texas? Oh man, it's great. <laughs> it's probably warm. It's probably warmer there than it is here. Man, right now, and my truck is forty nine degrees. What it says, but it's warming up quick because the sun's out. I'm already about to get my AC on my truck. So. Awesome, awesome. So I've kind of told everybody about you and what you do and or what you've done, and uh, but I figured let's talk. Let's talk some of the differences between South Texas whitetail and Missouri whitetail. Okay. What a, I mean, from you, like for me, it's easy for me to say, well, you know, South Texas whitetail have spindlier horns. Um, they're not as massive, but that's not always the case. It just, I guess it just depends on where at in Texas you're hunting. Yeah, it depends. The hill country, they, they their antlers are a lot they don't have as much mass as they do. Like South Texas, a lot of these ranches feed protein, and that protein is where you get the mass in those antlers. Right. You know, it just feeds corn, you know, year-round. You, you'll find that deer every once in a while, depending on the genetics, um, if they're going to have the, the big mass or not. Uh, but, but like these bigger ranches that, you know, either high fence to feed protein year-round or even not high fence and feed protein year-round, you'll, you'll find those deer that are, you know, heavier mass in their antlers. Now, for you, being from Texas, you've, I mean, you've lived in Texas pretty much your whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to come to Missouri this year. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, was it weird for you to come to a place where there's no high fences and we're not, we're not baiting deer? You know what I mean? So, I, so it is different. But I'm used to, you know... Sitting a deer blind, looking over a feeder, and or a river bottom, 
and or, you know, you know, a pecan bottom or something. You know, you go up to Missouri and you're hunting fields and prairies and, you know, you just wait for something to walk by. You're not, you're not waiting for that feeder to go off or, you know, you got special time to deer, you know, you got cameras set up, special time to deer to come through. But up in Missouri, man, it's just, you don't know what's going to walk through. Right. You know, we don't know when they're going to walk through. You, you pretty much just want to hunt all day just to, you know, see if that big buck's going to walk by. Right. Now, did you, like, did you enjoy coming to Missouri? Even though we had bad weather, but did you enjoy hunting in Missouri this year? Man, bad weather or not, it was an awesome experience. I, I love hunting in the rain. You know, I, I know it rained, you know, pretty much the whole time we were there. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's, I enjoyed rain, shine, cold, snow, which I've never hunted in snow, but I will. Uh, <laughs> heat, I mean, I've hunted in shorts before. So, I mean, it, it just, you know, hunting in general was awesome. But, um, but yes, Missouri was a great experience. I plan on going back. Oh, yeah, for sure. We, we definitely want to get you back up here. Um, you know, and it, like Jordan and I was talking, you know, we were like, oh, it was a terrible gun season. And then we started talking about you. And I was like, you know, Jordan was like, well, he's the only one that killed anything this year out of our little group that we had. And I said, yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> And, that, and the, the deer I was seeing, you know, I was waiting for that big one to come out. But, you know, last evening, I'm I'm going to get something. You know, something's going to walk out. I'm going to get something. Right. Got to put that meat in the freezer. Got to put it in the freezer. So so your last day in Missouri, why don't you talk about what that was like? <laughs> so last day, we hunted We hunted that morning. It wasn't raining that morning. Uh, we, we seen, we seen quite a few deer, but that big buck never walked out. So we, we took a break for a couple of hours and I told everybody, I was like, look, I'm going to two o'clock. I'm going to get back in the stand. I think it might have been one thirty, and it was raining. So, uh, me and the wife went out and sat there and sat there. We waited and waited and it, we, we didn't think we were going to see none because it started raining pretty heavy. And then about four o'clock, the deer started coming out and, uh, we, we seen that, the, the one I shot and. He walked out and he was just running all the, you know, other bucks off, the other smaller bucks running them off, and he ended up laying down about about 200 yards from us, and uh, he just laid there for about 30 minutes, and we were just watching the other deer come out, and it, we were kind of, we were kind of, you know, fascinated because it, the rain was coming down. It wasn't a light rain; it was a heavy rain. Right. So that kind of uh, that's kind of like one of those MythBusters deals too. You know, you always yeah. wonder in the back of your head. Oh, it's raining too hard, and you make an excuse not to go hunting. Well, that's not always true. No, I mean, if you think about it, you know, deer gonna eat, and they, they eat every day, right? So I mean, they're gonna, and it was cool outside. It was cold. It was rainy, and that's what deer love. You know, they love the cold, and um, and they're gonna be out in the cold when everybody's cold, right? So Absolutely. I mean, and and then, but anyway, we were. You know, waiting for that deer. He laid down, waiting for him to stand up. I ended up shooting him. Um, so, I mean, but it was it was an awesome. I mean, we only got to hunt really four days, I guess, last weekend and the last couple of days of gun season. But it was, I mean, I think I, I don't know, I hunted probably more hours, you know, those four days than I even, uh, or even slept or <laughs> so. Right. I, we, we hunted our butts off. Yeah, it seemed like we didn't take much breaks. No, we did. I mean, I, I wanted to get, I wanted, when I got out of stand, I wanted to get back in just a couple hours. I didn't want to go home, get, get lunch, and then go back. I didn't want to take a break, really, because, I mean, you never know. And that's that's the thing is, and I think that's what makes hunting so much fun, is you really just don't ever know what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, like like here in South Texas, we, you know, we, we hunt all day, but... We don't hunt all day. We'll go, you know, sit in a stand for four hours in the morning, you know, and and then we'll go eat lunch, and then we'll go back out about two thirty, three o'clock. We're not feeder going to go off at four thirty, right? So, I mean, technically, that's not always the case in South Texas. You know, you got some arrows you're looking down. I mean, a lot of people don't hunt feeders, but a lot of people do, right? Absolutely. And I have nothing against you know hunting feeders, but it's like that's that's a huge difference between South Texas and Missouri. Right. You, know, you don't have you don't have those feeders that you're looking at. You don't have you know you don't have you know um deer that always come out 
coming in. You know, you don't know what you're going to see. Right. Absolutely. I know it's it's insane. I absolutely love it. I'm glad I made the move to come to Missouri. Um, you know, it's definitely changed my outlook because, like, earlier on the show I was talking about how I was not really raised with a hunting upbringing, you know, and I never even started bow hunting until, heck, I was, like, 27, 28, and, and now I'm hooked. Like, once it, once it gets in your system, you can't stop. Oh, yeah. It's, it's the bow hunting, it's like you never want to gun hunt again. Absolutely. But you do gun hunt because it's that time, it's that, it's that time, the time of the season. Right. You know? Yep. But, um, you know, you'd want to get in the, you know, bow stand every day if you could. Right. Absolutely. So, but no, we definitely, we wanted to get you on here and kind of, you know, talk to you a little bit about the, your hunting experiences in Missouri and, uh, you know, I think this is kind of cool. Now, you've done some different hunts on your different ranches down south, like, say, with, like, the Wounded Warrior program, and you've got to help guide some vets and stuff like that. Um, so for that reason, um, you know, we got a blind guy, Blind Bob. You know, we had him on the uh, the pilot episode of White Tails and White Lines. Um I made some phone calls, and I'm going to see if I can't figure out a way to get him on a buck or even a doe. He just wants he wants to harvest the deer, and I think that would be super cool. So, I mean, tell us about some of the things you've done to help different people out. Well, we, um, I don't know, it was back in 2000, and I can't remember. Anyway, the, we, I worked on the Marani River Ranch, and we had a veteran outdoors come out. Uh, the TV show Better Outdoors, and they were filming out there. So they had, we had, they had a couple of vets come out. It's real cool, man. They, what they do is when they when they get them out there, they set them up. I mean, they give them you know brand new rifles with brand new scopes on them. They give them all kinds of you know apparel, swag, shirts, pants, boots, hats. I mean, they give them all kinds of stuff, and it's really cool. Um, and then we go, we just go hunt. I mean, those, these guys, they kind of pick what they want to shoot. And they're like, hey, I want to shoot that. And they're like, okay, let's go. We just drive around. And we, you know, one guy shot a, you know, really nice all dad. And the other guy shot, I think it was like a, like a 12 point whitetail or something. It was just a mixture of stuff. Cause that ranch, you know, we had 63 different species of animals. Yeah. That's so crazy. Choose pretty much whatever you wanted. Yeah. That's, um, that's awesome. I think that's so cool about South Texas is like, you don't have to go to Africa to go kill or go harvest some kind of exotic deer. All you got to do is go to Texas. Yeah, I mean, we had everything but lions and tigers. I mean, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> we had emus, ostriches. I mean, it was just uh, the. It was just, we just had we had we had a lot of we had, we had a lot of stuff on that ranch. Yeah, that's a lot of variety. And I think that's just the coolest ever. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was it was an awesome experience and a veteran outdoors man. They, they're a great. You know, nonprofit, and they they uh, they do a lot of hunts for these vets, and they they take they they take quite a few vets out every year. And I think I think it's so important to uh, you know, and we kind of talked about like this this episode was kind of talking about what the outdoors is for our families, and like you know, you have you have two kids, and uh, you know, my niece and nephew, they're they're just about like my own kids when it comes to hunting. You know, they eat, sleep, dream about it, and. I think it's so important to raise your kids in that kind of lifestyle just to show them that there's more to life than a cell phone and YouTube. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah man. The, great, the greatest hunts I've – some of the greatest hunts I've been on was taking kids out because I, I got it on a ranch uh, in, in South Texas um, uh, near the Mexico border. Right. Um, and we had a group of like seven or eight, I believe. It was, you know, father and son. It was just father and sons. It was – and – um had the opportunity of, you know, getting these kids, you know, some pretty nice white-tailed deer. Right. So, I mean, they, then they, they were super excited. They, they never stopped smiling. Oh yeah. While they were out there. So it was, it was pretty cool. That's awesome. Well, man, I'm glad you got to, we're going to, we're going to try to get you on the show more often just for your, you know, you've, you went to college for wildlife management and, uh, you know, you've been around it a long time and, and uh, so we like having those kind of people in our in our library of knowledge that we have here on the show. And between 
my between my family and this is the fun part is that it's all family like between my family and you know we got we got quite a few people that are hunting fools yeah i mean there's pretty much everybody really yeah i mean it's it's mostly everybody maybe a couple or not but i mean it's i mean we ain't gonna go hungry that's for sure that's for sure (laughs) so all right buddy well hey we're gonna we're gonna let you get out of here and uh i appreciate you hanging out with us for a little while and like i said uh you know we're gonna try to make this a regular thing yeah and uh just let me know all right buddy well hey you have a good day and uh be safe out there all right you too bye how cool is that that's so awesome i love um I love the fact that we, all my family, we are so close, and I think hunting brings us brings us together, and that's that's kind of what that's kind of what the outdoors is all about is you know working together and hunting together, um, you know, just brings the family closer, and you guys get to harvest good deer, and you you put in a lot of work together as well, you know we. We process our own deer together, and it's it's a blast. So with that being said, I'd like to thank everybody hanging out with us today. I'm going to cut this thing here in about 20 seconds, but I'm excited. And uh, remember, just any time in the outdoors is better than any time sitting in the house. So if you get the opportunity to go outside and go do something, get your butts out there and walk around. Be out there with nature. It's a blast. It's fun. It's part of God's creation and you can't you can't beat that. So with that being said, thanks for hanging out with us and be on the lookout for episode two. It'll drop sometime by the end of the week. Um we're gonna try to cut three podcasts a week for the first month. And then once we get rolling good and we get all the kinks worked out with editing and stuff like that, then we'll drop it back down to once a week. So With that being said, thank you guys very much, and we will see you next time on White Tails and White Lines.